Voyager Revisited, a podcast on the Incomparable Network dedicated to the Star Trek Voyager series. I'm Jean McDonald, and for each episode, I invite a Star Trek fan to come and talk about Voyager. For this episode, we have a return guest, Moises Chulian, who was last here in December of 2019. It doesn't feel that long ago, and yet it feels like an eon ago. Moises, welcome back to Voyager Revisited. It's it's good to be back after uh, what feels like decades uh, stranded <laughs> in the Delta Quadrant. Yes. That's, yeah, it's, a, it's an interesting way of thinking about it. So for the listeners who might have forgotten or weren't even here 13 months ago, uh, Moises, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Uh, I'm a uh, going back to childhood uh, Trek fan. I have not watched all of Voyager front to back, uh, but I endeavor to do so um, in in this uh, in this year of 2021, uh, interleaving it with Babylon Five, another show that I've watched a bunch of mm-hmm. in bits and pieces over time, um, but not the the whole thing. Um, I uh, I feel like uh, Voyager is getting a, a much um, much deserved. Um, second look from people that maybe didn't give it a chance the first time. And I was, I was one of those folks, um, to some extent. And also because my local Paramount UPN, whatever affiliate was not great at consistency. Uh, once we got out of the DS nine era of mm-hmm. things, uh, when it came to being able to find the show, um, or whatever Star Trek show they had on the air at a given time. Um, yeah, I, I think, uh, I think, it's it's wonderful that this crew is is getting a for many people a first look, yeah. Um, and a lot of people who have given it a second look or a third look or a fourth look <laughs> since it aired. Um, uh, I think a lot of people are are getting some some solid validation uh, for a really incredible show that um, just thanks to the circumstances of when it aired did not get the fair shake that it deserved. Well, of course, I agree with that. I think that's what inspired me and and compelled me, really, to get to this point in my uh, life as a fan, um, where first um, I created this uh, Voyager episode guide, and that was a big labor of love. And then, of course, I thought, hmm, I guess maybe I'll do a, a podcast as well. <laughs> so I went from being like, I think Voyager is held to a double standard to, okay, who can I get onto my podcast, you know, this month? Because I am enjoying talking about Voyager with a whole bunch of different people. And, but especially you. And Moises, this is a special episode. Uh, we are releasing it on Valentine's Day weekend. And, I thought it would be fun to to go to the mushy part of Star Trek and especially Voyager and look at the Jane Wake Shakote I don't know romantic tension uh that exists over the entire series but especially we watched an episode called Resolutions where they just make it all about that <laughs> Yeah, whether whether you want to call Janeway Chakotay Shippers uh uh Jane Cote or Chakotway. Uh <laughs> you know, uh you know, everybody everybody deserves a little bit of time 
you know, getting getting some validation for uh, for their their romantic ships. Yes. Um, the 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 pairing of the two of them, you know, I I going in, I wasn't certain that I had seen this episode, but I felt like I had, and I definitely have. And um, I think my memory of it was that it got it got um, cuddlier and more romantic than it actually did. Mm-hmm. But then, you know, I, I recontextualized to the mid '90s world of Trek and the fact that you know this is this is kind of uh, about as much as you would get. And I'm I'm glad that we did get an episode that feels like it was it was explicitly set up as an excuse to explore this yeah <laughs> like, <laughs> like from the very beginning it's it, you know we we start in and medias res um right, right in the middle of things <laughs> um where we we're not this isn't the second part of a cliffhanger we are picking up on action that has already happened as a reason to explore this particular dynamic with these two yeah no that's that is true it's it's kind of surprising because especially like star trek so often spells things out and especially something that's sciencey and spacey you know that there's a planet with a virus that you could survive the virus but you couldn't leave the planet i mean i'd love to know more about how that actually works or why janeway and chakotay are the ones down there when um you know, it's one thing if the captain keeps taking off, as, uh, you know, Picard often did and Kirk often did, but only the captain and the first officer on the planet's surface? Uh, you know, I would like I mean, to see the... <laughs> I mean, someone's got to be the tip of the spear. Um. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh. it's... Um, yeah, it would be kind of nice to to sort of know the backstory, but uh, that would cut into our Janeway and Chakotay time, um, building a shelter, making a bathtub, planting tomatoes, and, and collecting bugs, and and changing clothes every day <laughs> that we see them. They have, both of them, pretty decent range of wardrobe options um, in their exile. But yeah, they can't leave the planet or they'll die. That's a great setup, and it really doesn't matter why. You know, it definitely, besides the the mushy romantic aspects of it, which are you know very, very small. You know, there's 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 no overt, um, there's no kissing, there's no snuggling, there's no nothing like that. There is a lot of. Uh, knowing glances and double entendres and a bathtub. Let me just go back to that bathtub <laughs> of all the things to build. Chekhov's bathtub. <laughs> yes. That's what I called it. And yeah, to, yeah, to, um, just, uh, an alert is you and I just watched this together and we recorded a commentary track, which is going to go to the incomparable members only feed and uh oh, what so, fortunate members they are yes and so we have already made several jokes and enjoyed several uh meaningful glances and meaningful slight swipes of a back of the hand or a shoulder or whatever so 
We, we, and, uh, you know, uh, Chauncey, the romance facilitating monkey. Uh, don't forget Chauncey. <laughs> yes. Um, Moises named the monkey Chauncey, by the way. Don't go look that up on Memory Alpha. Yeah, it's, it's not, not for yeah, real. It's a Moises. It might be on Memory Beta at this point. <laughs> but as as any Star Trek nerd should tell you, don't trust anything on Memory Beta. Um, it's almost there intentionally to mislead you. Yeah. The other aspect of this whole thing is the pairing of Chakotay and Janeway from the beginning was an interesting uh, combination of two different uh, styles, personalities, um, backgrounds. Of course, Chakotay was the commander of the Maquis ship that uh, Voyager was supposed to capture on its first mission, which uh, failed miserably, <laughs> not due to their own fault, but, you know, they got whisked off to the Delta Quadrant and uh, had to join forces. And she made him the, you know, the first officer, even though Tuvok has been kind of her right-hand guy for a long time. Uh, and I think on the planet, just the two of them, you got this difference between them made very explicit that she could do 12 hours of science, seven days a week. And he is like building a bathtub, and maybe would build a boat. Um, and is also very much in the, hey, you know, I'm not going to throw away the present for a future that may not come to pass. Like we might not find a cure for the virus and we might have to stay on this planet for the rest of our lives. And Janeway has a hard time with that. I kind of like how Chicote went straight into, Hey, I'm your woodworking um, <laughs> guy with folksy stories yeah. mode. <laughs> he very easily shifted into that. Yeah. It, it was, um, She's very focused on the science, and he's like, how can I set up a lathe and do things <laughs> with a lathe um, and and make use of, of all of this uh, wood around here? Yes. Um, he started nesting. She started, um, you know, breaking out the, the protein uh, analyzing uh, equipment. Right. Yeah. So they're an odd couple. If they were a couple, I think eventually they would have become one if if they had mm -hmm. indeed been left on this planet for the rest of their lives. But if you thought that was going to happen, I need to explain something about TV series <laughs> yeah. and Gilligan's seven, Island. Seven year long syndicated <laughs> TV shows. But yeah, so that was the, uh, I, I mean, I think they have a lot of chemistry, don't you? Oh, massively so. Um, I, I mean... There's a reason that this episode, which uh, I noted in our, our commentary track, which members have access to, and, and uh, if you're not a member, you should become a member so that you would have access to it, because I'm not going to repeat some of the same jokes. You're only <laughs> going to hear them on that commentary track. Um, I, I find I find this episode fascinating because of what it does for shippers, for speculators of that type, mm -hmm. um, right on the back of coming right before the season two finale and right after season two's iconic, one of the great episodes of Star Trek. Okay, maybe that's overstating it. Um, Tuvix. It, this is the episode immediately following Tuvix. 
which I think poses some fascinating philosophical questions mm-hmm. uh, for the show and for Trek. Um, and it, it, it I, I love where this is sandwiched mm-hmm. because it's not like saying, guess what? We're going to follow up on this in next episode. They absolutely do not. <laughs> it, it is just no. kind of left to be where it is. Although, um, and and I, I love that. Interestingly enough, I mean, the, the next episode being the season cliffhanger called Basics Part 1, what happens to them is they get stranded on a planet and the Kazon take Voyager, the ship, and leave all the crew on this like very primitive planet. Um, we know they're primitive because they have primitive people who don't speak any language and carry sticks around and whatever, but uh, that's a different show. However, <laughs> I can't help but think now, well, Janeway and Chakotay were thinking like, darn it, we had all that stuff. On, on planet X, where they were stranded, um, a shelter, a replicator, every, uh, tricorders as, uh, as Chicote said, you know, I wouldn't exactly call it roughing it, um, with all the stuff that they have. And they had nothing, uh, down on the planet during basics, but still Janeway's and Chicote both. I mean, the, the crew pulled it together and managed to rough it together. So, so they had a little camping experience right before they needed it. <laughs> a little camping experience. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I, I, I do think they're, they're a nice couple. And I do follow um, Star Trek Twitter and, uh, you know, especially Voyager fans and apparently I've tapped into the algorithm that now thinks I am also a Janeway and Chicote shipper. And I have to say, well, I'm not it's I am. I definitely am. I don't like I don't really enjoy like coming up with all sorts of, you know, alternative endings for the two of them <laughs> because it is what it is. <laughs> And uh, at least they didn't have lizard babies. It could have been you know, <laughs> oh, much worse. <laughs> no. But they, Are we uh, doing that one next year? Is that what we're doing? <laughs> at some point. We, yeah, for Valentine's <laughs> Day. <laughs> oh, oh, boy. But, oh, boy. Yeah. So I do think, um, it, it. you know, this is what I love about fandom is like, y- you should enjoy it the way that you enjoy it. And uh, I... I do like sometimes some of the the clips that people put up, you know, of Janeway and Chakotay having a knowing glance moment on the bridge or whatever. Uh, is it's they're cute, um, and then there, of course, there are the the seven of nine Chakotay shippers, and those two were were actually a couple. Um, that one I didn't really buy, but maybe if I rewatch those episodes. I'll have a different um, attitude towards that. And, of course, there are the Janeway 7 shippers. And I'm like, I can totally see that, <laughs> too. Yeah, so. yeah I, I can I can totally see that. And um, at the same time, you know, for me personally, when it comes to Janeway and 7, uh, I, I have, uh, you know, 
like bordering on grooming issues with the way that they're set up. Yeah. There's a paternalistic relationship set up and, yeah. and that's what, what makes that not, uh, and this isn't me, you know, shaming or, or saying that people's feelings aren't valid on that side of things. Um, but that's, that's what makes it not work for me is, is that kind of relationship. And that's something that, um, I feel like we're turning a corner, um, where imbalances of power like that are not, um, uh, papered over, um, mm-hmm. or I, I'm maybe not even using the right term here. Um, but just kind of, uh, you know, push to the side is, eh, it's fine. Don't worry about it. They're happy, you know, whatever. Yeah. Um, but it's, I mean, it's almost like this, this show, a teacher based on an indie movie called a teacher where, you know, a teacher, uh, takes advantage of a, of a teenage student. Um, mm-hmm. you know, there, th- that kind of power imbalance is something that's always, um, bothered me as, mm-hmm. as being standardized among romantic relationships. That that's something that should be idealized. Um, and, uh, you know, all, all feelings are valid. Yeah. Um, for me, it, it makes me uncomfortable, you know, not just because of, um, you know, personal experience and anecdotal experiences have been related to me along those lines. But for me, the, the Janeway Chakotay thing is totally different in that, in that there is a power differential between the two of them. Mm-hmm. It's supervisor and supervised. Um, but the roles of a captain and executive officer, um, the, the way that a lot of people shipped the two of them during the show as like mom and dad on the ship, um, <laughs> you know, where, where it's like, you know, mom and dad both have voted one particular political party their entire lives and you know they begrudgingly fall in love and make it work (laughs) for the sake of their kids the ship um like that that kind of works for me that kind of works for me it's it's a very different kind of dynamic yeah the other combo that i believe more is uh for me personally is like seven and the doctor even though the doctor he thinks he's the one who's in the the teacher and the mentee, but you know, you're never truly the mentor of a Borg. <laughs> and, and certainly Seven never uh relinquishes her feeling of like I can argue with him, I can tell him when he's wrong, I can tell him when he's off key or whatever. And uh so I sort of enjoyed the two of them as as a team, more maybe more than a, as a couple. Um, there's a lot of romance on uh, Voyager. Of course, there's Tom and Belana, who, uh, when we see this episode, um, that hasn't gotten going yet um, in any, you know, major way. But I, I love that come. the two of them ended up together. Uh, yeah. like Tom, Lana, or. I call him um, Taylana, but <laughs> Taylana. <laughs> yeah, like that that totally works for me mm-hmm. as the I think we we utterly hate each other um kind of a thing or you know you you rub up against me um sort of a thing but it turns out that they are they're much more alike than they uh they kind of gave themselves credit for. Yeah. But back to to Janeway and Chakotay, which is who we're talking about here. I do think uh, I enjoy seeing them together. I enjoy seeing them work together. And and based on this episode, too, um, 
Tuvok, who is a great character. Um, yeah. He is not the one that I want to ship with anybody and I, in any, or, or even see him, you know, as having, uh, you know, a, a warm relationship with anybody because he's very Vulcan in this episode. Um, and his attitude towards the rest of the crew's emotions, he doesn't want to be held hostage by the emotions of the crew about uh, leaving Jamie and Chakotay behind. And I don't have the context of having seen the whole show mm-hmm. when it comes to Tuvok, but there are a few characters that I want more to have their own version of Spock's journey of, mm-hmm. of growth and change um, that I, I would love to see pop back up in mm-hmm. whatever it is Alex Kurtzman has planned for the next decade of Star Trek yeah. than Tuvok. And and I know Tim Ross has done a bunch of the like fan film stuff mm-hmm. and that kind of turns CBS off of uh, working with people at times. But I hope that that changes um, because he's, he's so good. Yeah. He's so good. He's really like if, good. if he, if he were not this good, this episode wouldn't really work. Right. Um, because he has to be able to convincingly be the, the the dad of the ship who's like no kids we are not going on vacation we're absolutely not going on vacation we are going to do what we need to do we're mm-hmm. gonna we're gonna do it and we're gonna do it right and literally it seems like the whole ship's against him the whole ship right. i mean who is on tuvok's side about this nobody somebody should be because he's not wrong and as we see no. You know, it is a very harebrained scheme to ask the Vidians for help. Of course, it works out because that's how these shows are, but it could have gone very badly. I mean, they've already been attacked by the Vidians like several times. And, and in deadlock, you know, the, the one ship in one time stream is destroyed by the Vidians, basically. Um, and uh, it that's a great episode, if you haven't seen it. Um, Deadlock is one of my favorites. But there's, um, yeah, I mean, it's not like they don't know how dangerous the Vidians are. Those suckers are, are very advanced technologically and very lacking in any kind of, you know, moral or uh i don't know human uh, they're not human but <laughs> you know f- compassion for the fellow creatures of the quadrant or the galaxy at all so yeah um it wasn't really a good idea and even the existence of this doctor fidian doctor pell which had been covered in an earlier episode doesn't really fit the Vidians either. <laughs> that somebody there'd be this super nice lady, I mean, and then a yeah. bunch of ruthless um, organ harvesters. <laughs> and that's a like that, that's a whole like TNG to Voyager um, trope is mm-hmm. the one of this alien race that is reasonable, mm-hmm. <laughs> the one that seems to want to. Um, you know, deal with the, um, the, the Federation. Mm-hmm. Um, but everybody else from that whole race is warlike and savage and just wants to blow them up or steal their ship or something mm-hmm. like that. Like there's always one 
traitor <laughs> to the alien race <laughs> that wants to be nice to the mostly human people. Yeah. Uh, and if not human, humanoid. Uh, yeah. <laughs> which, you know, that that's, that's one of the, that's one of my, my favorite reliable tropes of TNG through Voyager stuff <laughs> um, is just being able to rely on that. Yeah. So, and you know, back to Tuvok was right. Uh, campaign. He was right. To, uh, he he didn't have to obey Janeway's order. Like once he became captain, he's not obligated to follow her orders because he's the captain. But he did not want to pursue this Vidian option because it was very risky. So in some ways, he cared about the crew more than they they uh, were able to see. You know, that, and and when their lungs were being removed uh, by those like scary machines, those Vidians have, you know, they maybe they died with the thought Tuvok was right on their th- <laughs> in their <head> minds. <laughs> you know, in that alternate universe where uh, it actually went very very badly. It, I died ex- with Tuvok was right scrawled on my arm in Sharpie. <laughs> Of course it was <laughs> in that alternate universe. It's going well for Janeway uh, and Chicote uh, because yeah. they're, they, they plant their tomatoes and the tomatoes, you know, bear fruit as it were. And, uh, they don't get to see that, you know, that moment when the Voyager, uh, communicators like break in and it's like, um, Hey guys, <laughs> I know you're having fun planting tomatoes. Whatever we'll, you're doing, uh, which is so- we're on our way back. Everything is cool. Please get um, dressed. See you soon. <laughs> like if you're if you're naked, like maybe put on some clothes. Um, I do enjoy Tuvok a lot. I, I think he and he, it would be interesting to see what happened to him in the timeline that we never got to see of um, Voyager after it came back to Earth because. We saw a timeline that got erased. Yeah. Um, I, I, you know, I, I, I dig that we have gotten to C7. And I mean, that's a, that's a whole other thread of mm-hmm. conversation on its own. Um, I would love to see what happened with Tuvok and what happened with Chakota and what happened with Janeway. And yeah, what happened with Harry Kim? Yeah. Right. There. I said it. Like all of them, the whole crew. Um, but the same thing with Deep Space Nine and TNG, we've gotten a whole lot more of that, yeah. especially, um, from the first season of Picard and like the tie-in media for the first season of Picard, even <laughs> has, uh, LaForge included in it. Um, so I, I would, I would love to see more love for the DS9 and Voyager characters yeah. that are so beloved. Um, and you know, a lot of these actors are not that busy. Um, this is no knock on them. It's a knock on an industry that doesn't know what to do with incredibly talented people. Um, you know, it's, it's, um, tangentially, uh, related, but as we record this, you know, we recently lost Mira Furlon from, uh, Babylon five. Right. And she's an example of one of these kinds of the, the caliber of actors that, yeah, shows like Voyager and TNG and Deep Space Nine, there's space opera, there's soap operas. In space with, you know, phasers and photons, torpedoes and stuff. Um, but these are, these are actors that are, uh, there's a reason that so many of us are so obsessed with these shows years and years on from their original airing. Um, and the fact that this one 
this one one-off episode in a syndicated show from the late nineties, um, has so much speculation bound to it, mm-hmm. uh, is, is a testament to how captivating and how good the casting was on this show. Yeah. These are great actors that are doing great work. Um, you know, some of them have three, four lines in an episode like this, mm-hmm. but that's, you know, you build up three and four lines at a time over a series of episodes. And that's, that's what people base those relationships off of. Um, Oh, you know, yes. I, I, I won't I won't excuse what the writers did to Harry Kim, but what Garrett Wong does with Harry Kim is far beyond the material that he was handed to work with. Um, and that's, a good that's point. I mean, that to me, that is true of everybody in this cast. And that isn't to say the whole show is substandard, but there there is substandard stuff that everybody in this cast got handed to do. This episode is a great example of how you give you give all of them something reasonable to do and something that is in character and believable and, and lets them breathe as actors and they're all on the top of their game. Like this is, this is one of, this is one of those episodes that it's, it's really easy to show to somebody who's a Voyager skeptic and go, yeah, watch this and tell me that Voyager's a bad show. Tell me that this is quote unquote worse than TNG. I dare you. (laughs) No, I agree. And definitely, it's sort of interesting that for me, the impetus to doing all this uh, work, which, you know, fun work on Voyager, was that I felt that the series as a whole got a bad rap. Meanwhile, you know, there's episodes that I have really disliked. And over the course of time, doing this podcast and also being on Twitter and talking to people like, some of the episodes that I dislike intensely are other people's favorite episodes. And they explain to me why. And suddenly I'm like, yeah, I could see that. Like, and then next thing I know, I'm like, I'm upgrading (laughs) their rating on my episode guide. And I feel like if I continue at this rate, at some point, uh, every episode will be rated like, Absolutely, you must watch this. <laughs> so. I yeah, I I have I I mentioned Tuvix, um, you know, kind of jokingly, but one hundred percent seriously, like that's not a bad episode of Star Trek. Um, it, it is 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 it is it the peak of the kind of ridiculousness of the science of things? Sure, fine, yeah, yeah, but that's Star Trek. Um, you know the 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 incomparable, uh, Mister Frank Wu. Um, went, went on about, uh, about how incredibly impossible dividing the two halves of Bolana Torres were, which as a, as a mixed race person, I love, I love that, I love that Frank <laughs> assailed that metaphor for this, the scientific dubiousness of it. Um, and how, you know, people think about things like mixed race, mixed species, people, um, a certain way as, as being just, uh, utter poppycock. Um, <laughs> You know, it's fine for those things to be ridiculous, and the fiction that's built around it can still be compelling and still be mm-hmm. really interesting. No, it's true. Well, here, Moises, I have a question to spring on you uh, to wrap up this this uh, uh, to wrap up this Valentine's Day weekend episode. Um, you got a box of chocolates and a dozen roses. <sighs> Who are you sending them to? It can be anybody on Star Trek, not 
just Voyager. Oh wow! Well, I'm I'm gonna lim- I'm gonna limit it to Voyager just you know for the sake of it. Um, uh, I, I think it's got to be Belana Torres uh, <laughs> because uh, you know partly partly borrowing from the fact that knowing Roxanne Biggs Dawson um, directed so many episodes uh, mm-hmm. of Star Trek. Um, uh, there's just there's just something about a half Klingon engineer that just gets stuff done. Yeah. Um, I totally get where Tom Paris is coming from. Um, and you know, frankly, I'm a little bit jealous. Um, I, I think he he's he's punching way above his weight, as it were. Um, yeah, I think that's the the easy Voyager centric answer for me uh, personally. Um, where a lot of people focus on Seven or the Captain, yeah. uh, but uh, you know my my love lives near a warp core uh, in this case. <laughs> um, yeah, well, I you know for me, I, I'm sending my Valentine's uh, gifts to Tom Paris. Has always been my crush. Uh, Ever since I discovered Voyager, um, gingers are my weakness. I <laughs> freely admit to that. Um, I do have a note to the Gaelic people. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I have always really liked him. And uh, yeah, also as a director, I think he's a very interesting yeah. guy and a smart guy. And, you know, he's. Be- He's he's, uh, he's on. directing on on the new Alan Tudyk show Resident Alien. Yeah, so he's over on Sci-Fi. He, uh, you know, uh, I I like I just always liked him. He is kind of my type. Um, even the bad, you know, bad boyfriend aspects of him, that's my type. I just have to admit it. And so, I would totally watch TV with him. Like he, you know, he he replicated an. Uh, 20th century television for their quarters and they had popcorn and they were watching old, you know, television shows. I mean, that would be the ideal date for me. So yeah, Tom Paris. So that's interesting. Moises, we have a problem. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Look, you, you take one, I'll take the other. I uh, think, well, I think we've got this figured we'll out. Break them up. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, well, thank you so much for doing this uh, fun uh, episode with me. I just knew that, um, I mean, after all of our um, smooch episodes, and yeah, if you're on The Incomparable, or even if you're not, you know, you should check out our other podcast, which is called The Agents of Smooch, um, where many different agents come together to discuss romantic-oriented pop culture and thanks so much listeners i hope you're having a a nice valentine's weekend or whenever you're listening to this i hope that you get the chocolates and the roses that you deserve you can find voyager revisited online at voyagercast.com um, follow us on twitter and on micro.blog at voyager underscore cast And if you like this podcast, you'll want to check out all the other great shows on TheIncomparable.com, as we've mentioned, and consider becoming a member, as we've mentioned, which gets you access to bonus episodes, as we've mentioned today, (laughs) bootlegs, and our special members-only Slack, where you can find us chatting about all things Star Trek with other podcasters and fans. 
I, <laughs> and that that slack that slack is uh, in your slouch. <laughs> that is uh, that is that is a major portion of of uh, of where I get enjoyment out of being an incomparable member yeah. myself. Uh, so do not miss out on. We are active. Yes. We are active. Very in active slack. slack. We don't just occasionally go. Hi, here's a joke. Yeah, we're we're very active, uh, arguing with ourselves and each other, uh, yeah. and and uh, and and high fiving each other. That's the best kind of slack. Best kind of members community. Um, hey, I'll be back in a couple of weeks with another guest to discuss Star Trek Voyager. But until then, time's up. Ooh.